Hi there. Welcome to the While You Wait podcast, where it's all about helping women just like you learn about the bladder while you're waiting for your appointment with that specialist. Each week, I'll combine science, medicine, and common sense so you can learn, become empowered, and get started on your journey to dryness. I'm your host, Dr. Sarah Boyles, a board-certified urogynecologist. Let's get started. Hi there. It's a new year, but I still get asked a lot of the same questions, and that's okay. To help answer some of your questions about how to get started, I'm bringing back an episode that I published last year. I get so many questions about how to get started, what you can do before you come into the office, and I addressed it all in this classic episode. Bladder leaking is bothering so many of you, and it is so common to not know where to start. This episode was such a popular one, and it helped so many of you. So come take a listen, and I think it'll give you some really important tips. So today I'm going to be talking to you about what you can do while you're waiting for your appointment. This is a common question that I get asked. Patients ask me, they ask the receptionist while they're waiting for the appointment. Primary care doctors ask me this, how do we get people started? And so here are a couple of thoughts that I have for you about what you can do while you're waiting. And I'm going to be talking about, you know, some different products, some um, different references that can help you. And I'll make sure that all of this information is in the show notes so that you can look it up later if that's helpful for you. So the first thing that I would tell you is you should be mindful of the products that you are using. So let me be really clear about what I'm talking about here. I see a lot of women who come in and they're using menstrual pads for their leaking. And I think this is easy. This is something that, you know, you're comfortable buying. But menstrual pads don't work as well as incontinence pads. There's a whole technology and science behind pads and what they absorb and what kind of fluids work best in what materials. And incontinence pads work much better. They come in all different shapes and sizes. You can get incontinence pads, panty liners, but they they work better. And so you should absolutely have incontinence pads or incontinence underwear. There are lots of these products that are available in grocery stores or pharmacies, but I would tell you that there are even more products that are available online. There are different brands. Um, there are different quality of products. So some women have really sensitive skin, and if you're leaking a little bit, it can be very irritating for your skin. So there are all different types of products out there. And so I would tell you that buying them online sometimes is easier because you can get more of a variety. If you buy them online, they usually deliver very discreetly. Everybody knows that you don't want a big, you know, package arriving on your doorstep that says incontinence pads. There are also different um, services that are available to help you find the right pad for you. And that's usually based on the amount that you're leaking, how sensitive your skin is, what you've tried before. You know, if you 
you know, prefer scented, unscented, all different kinds of things. And I'll make sure that that link is available because I think these Padfinder services are particularly useful if you're just not sure what to get or if you're having a lot of sensitivity to the typical more common brands that you find in the grocery store. So some women don't really think about incontinence underwear and there are both disposable incontinence underwear as well as reusable incontinence underwear and I'm talking about the reusable brands. So there are several brands that are out there right now. Off the top of my head, I can think of Under, O-N-D-R, Speaks, and NYX. There are different types of underwear. So usually most brands will have like a boy short type and the boy short type of underwear tends to hold the most down to a bikini cut or thong. There's all different shapes and sizes of these underwear. I think they're nice because they're reusable. There isn't a visible pad that is in them. And so for some women, it can feel just a little bit more normal. And some women really like them because they're they're not disposable, right? And so there's kind of a pro-environment element here that appeals to some women. So I really advocate for incontinence underwear. I think it's important for you to have the right products while we're working on making you better so that you can be out and about and doing things. This is not admitting defeat. This isn't saying that you're always going to be needing these products. But in the meantime, let's make sure that you have what you need. So the second thing that I would tell you is you should take the time to journal your symptoms. And this is something that I talk about all the time, but I think it's really important for you to journal or keep a bladder diary. And so when you do this, you're writing down what you drink and what you eat in a day, right? So for drinking, I would encourage you to write down the volumes as well as what you are drinking. You should write down what activities you're doing, and then you want to document the bladder symptoms that are bothering you. So if you're most bothered by leaking, you want to write down when you're leaking. If you're most bothered by going frequently, you would just write down when you're going to the bathroom. You don't need to document the amount. I think just documenting the time for this exercise is adequate. And then once you do that, you need to go back and look at it and look for patterns. And what you're looking for here is you're looking for bladder triggers. You're looking for the patterns that make your bladder worse. And I think doing this exercise, I've seen this happen many, many times where someone will journal their symptoms, and then they come back to talk to me about it. And once they've written it down, they can clearly see kind of what they're doing incorrectly and what they can change to improve their symptoms. So just like dieting and food consumption, these are things that we do without really thinking. I know I've never lost weight unless I'm writing down everything that I'm eating and paying careful attention to those details. And I think the same thing is true with drinking and daily behaviors. We just don't think about things on this kind of very detailed level. And once you do, sometimes the answer becomes clear. So sometimes you can identify bladder triggers 
oh, when I drink that lemon flavored sparkling water, that's when I have a big problem or a second cup of coffee or maybe way too much fluid before bedtime. Those are all things that become much easier for you to identify. So I think doing that homework is very important. We ask you to do this a lot of the time in the office. And so if you have already done it and identified those things before you come in, that can be really helpful. And if you have done it, I would say bring that information in when you come in for your visit. And that can be especially helpful if you don't see the pattern because I might be able to see the pattern. The third thing is take the time to figure out why you leak. So there are different types of incontinence in women. The four most common types of leaking in women are stress urinary incontinence. So this is symptoms of leaking with coughing, sneezing, laughing, exercise. So you jump up, you leak. Two, urgency urinary incontinence or overactive bladder. And this is when you have symptoms of needing to go all the time, that got to go feeling where you're rushing to the bathroom. Three, mixed urinary incontinence, which is both stress urinary incontinence and urgency urinary incontinence. And sometimes you can identify when you're leaking for what reason. Sometimes it just feels like you're leaking all the time and everything makes you leak. The fourth reason is overflow urinary incontinence. And overflow urinary incontinence is when you're just not emptying well. Sometimes you're aware of not emptying well. Most of the time you're not aware of emptying well. So you just don't know that that's happening. So it's an important thing to evaluate. But the reason that this is important is that each type of leaking is treated a little bit differently. And so we need to know why you're leaking. So it's important that you pay attention to these symptoms and that you can come in and say, I leak when I do X. You know, this is what happens when I leak. And if you can't figure it out just based on history, there are different questionnaires that you can use, diagnosis finders. And there is a diagnosis finder that I've put on my website to help you. And you can look that up. And again, that'll be in the show notes. So the fourth thing And you knew that I was going to say this. The fourth thing is strengthening your pelvic floor. Women that have a strong pelvic floor have less urinary incontinence. And when you strengthen your floor, stress urinary, well, all urinary incontinence tends to get better. It doesn't matter how you do this. You can do Kegel exercises on your own. You could get vaginal weights. You could think about getting a peri trainer. You should find the way that you think works the best for you, but get started. We advise pelvic floor strengthening to almost everyone, unless you're having pelvic pain or doing the exercises hurts Or, you know, sometimes if you feel like you're getting a lot of urinary tract infections and cultures are negatives, I would tell you to hold off on exercises until you're examined. Once your pelvic floor is strong, then we teach you to use it in different ways to help the different types of leaking. So with stress incontinence, we teach you to do the knack, which means you contract before you do the exercise or activity that makes you leak. And then with overactive bladder, the intervention that works the best is urge suppression. And in urge suppression, you do five quick Kegel contractions 
and then you take five deep breaths to distract yourself and then you calmly walk to the bathroom. It's a little bit more involved than that, but this urge suppression uses some reflexes to tell your bladder to stop contracting and it makes it easier for you to get to the bathroom. The knack and urge suppression all work much better if you have a strong pelvic floor. So that's something that you can be working on. Lots of women don't know how to do a Kegel contraction. Lots of women have had nerve or muscle injuries, and it makes it very difficult or impossible for them to do a Kegel contraction. So it's not possible for everyone. If you feel frustrated with this, you can definitely wait until you're in the office. But if you feel like you can activate these muscles, you should be strengthening them while you are waiting to come into the office. So those are the four things that I would tell you to work on before you come into the office. When we tell women to work on Kegels on their own, what I usually tell you to do is to lie down, contract your muscle for three seconds, relax for three seconds, and then repeat this 10 times. And you want to do three sets a day. You progress over time until you get to a point where you can do a 10-second contraction and 10-second relaxation. And once you're good at doing these in a lying position, you can try them in a sitting position and then standing position. That makes it all um, just a little bit more difficult. And this is the progression for Kegel exercises that I usually give women. There are lots of other ways that you can strengthen the pelvic floor. There are lots of different things that you can do. But kind of starting with simple Kegel contractions is probably the easiest for most women. And so that's a great thing for you to start with. Okay, so I hope this was helpful for you. So the four things I would tell you to do before you come in for your appointment are one, make sure that you're using the right pads or incontinence underwear for you, that you have something that controls the leaking and doesn't irritate your skin. Journal your symptoms so that you know your triggers and your irritants and you have a good idea of what's going on with you. Three, take the time to figure out what your diagnosis is or what you think it is, and then we'll come in and we can compare notes. And then four, start strengthening your pelvic floor. These are just great ways for you to get started, and you'll be that much further along by the time you come into the office. Thanks for listening. If you want more information about me or my online work, check out my website at www.thewomensbladderdoctor.com.